a personal mystery may lead to even bigger questions about the way the world works. What happens when you're watching lost media being lost right before your eyes? And then we travel, and then we travel to Guyana to meet a young man whose village has come under attack from gang members. As the chaos spreads and this young man tries to flee the gunfire, he realizes he has an ally on his side. A man from another world. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbera. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. Hope you guys are having tons of fun, whatever you're doing. Unless it is currently raiding an African village, then that is not good. Do not have fun doing it. Or just don't do that. Even if you're not having fun doing it, just don't do that. But someone who always has fun, everyone give a round of applause for one of our Dead Rabbit Radio supporters. Give it up for Sean. Woo! Everyone give him a big round of applause. Sean recently bought me a book off my Amazon book wish list that's in the show notes. He bought me a book titled, this is dope, Alien Invasion, the Ultimate Survival Guide for the Ultimate Attack. And he he read it. He sent me a note saying that he read it and that it was an awesome book. So thank you so much for sending that over, Sean. I can't wait to dig into it. Sean, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the show financially or buy me books or anything like that, that's fine. It really is just helps spread the word about the show. That also helps out so much. You have no idea how much it helps when you tell people about Dead Rabbit Radio. Sean, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive all the way down to Sacramento, California. We're driving down to Sacramento, California, because that's where I spend a lot of my adult life. And this first segment's going to be really, really short. It's a mystery that I hadn't thought about for years. Sean, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason jet. We're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're flying all the way out to Sacramento. The reason why we're headed to Sacramento, because I put together this weird pattern when I was dating. In my dating life, I started to notice something. Now, it took me a couple years to notice this. I'm not really quick on the uptake when it comes to personal relationships, but I started to notice something. The pattern I noticed was this. If I was out on a first date with a woman, right? We're getting to know each other, trying to figure everything out. This is so this is so weird, and I never thought about this for a long time. It popped in my head the other day, and I was like, oh, that's super weird. I should talk about it on my show about paranormal and conspiracy stuff. I'd be on a first date with a woman, and if she went to the bathroom in the middle of the date, it was over. If on the first date, the girl goes to the bathroom, when she came back... She wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, And a lot of times, it wouldn't like she'd come back and be like, hey, thanks for the meal, or I had a nice coffee, it's time to go. No. She'd come back, she'd sit down, and she would be mean to me. She would be mean. And I could never figure it out. Again, it took a long time for me to put it together, but I remember the exact moment when I go, ah, this isn't going to work out. She went up to go to the bathroom, and I thought, when she comes back, she's going to be mean. Just watch. Just watch, Jason. And sure enough, this girl came back and she sat down and she was mean. She cruel almost, right? 
And I didn't know what that was. I could never figure it out. And honestly, I'd completely forgotten about it until the other day. And I mentioned it to my friend Sabine. And I go, what could have been... And now, this is before the era of smartphones. I know a lot of people just figured... She went and she looked up your social media and she's like, oh, this guy's a weirdo. No, it was before that. It was before you could find out I was a weirdo via technology. I go, what could have been causing that? Why it was happened all the time. If the girl didn't get up to go to the bathroom at any point in the date, it was perfect. It was a great date. Had a second date. What have you. But if she went to the bathroom in the middle of the date, it was over. They were mean to me when they came back. And Sabine, she goes... I'm paraphrasing, but she goes, you, you're you a charmer, Jason. You're you're a salesman. And I can just imagine when these women are with you, you're just laying it on real thick. And then they get up and they go to the bathroom. Once they're out of your sphere of influence, once they go into the bathroom, they sit in the stall for a bit, they come out, they look in the mirror, they splash a little water in their face, they realize, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Not maybe he's a nice guy, but this isn't the right time. It's not the right time for me. This is over. And I go, why did they have to be so mean when they came out? They could have just walked away or said it was nice meeting you. And she didn't have an answer for that. But I remember that might be right. That could be what was going on. But I remember as this phenomenon kept happening again, if they didn't go to the bathroom, everything was awesome. They went to the bathroom. I knew it was over. I remember thinking to myself. I am a paranormal guy, paranormal conspiracy guy. I thought, what if women have some sort of telepathic link to other women? Apparently, they have to go into the bathroom to activate it. They go into the bathroom, and they sit on the toilet, and they play with the knob a little bit, and, like, this view screen, this holographic view screen appears, and it's like... Hello, Betty. We see that you're on a date with Carpenter, comma, Jason. That guy's a bad dude. Stay away from him. They're like, yes, master. Thank you, matriarch, for giving me the orders. Then they come back. I remember thinking, what if women have this psychological link to each other? And they communicate. And they they get bad advice. I'm awesome. Now, obviously, I didn't put too much emphasis on that right i didn't i wasn't i wasn't trying to infiltrate the female underworld tell me who your telepathic masters are but i remember thinking that there was legitimately popping up in my head i go what if they can communicate with each other telepathically but here's the thing i can never figure it out and it was definitely a pattern it was something that i observed over time it's a perfect segue into the world of gang stalking. Now, again, when I'm sitting here talking to these girls and they get up to go to the bathroom, <laughs> I think that they may be telepathically hooking into the plumbing of a bathroom and talking to other women. I know that's not true. But to someone who feels they were being gang stalked, that would 100% be true. If I was in that paranoid state of, I thought I was being gang stalked, this is what they do. They look for patterns where, that what was weird is this was a clear pattern. This happened every single time. Or at least, I don't remember the times when the girls went to the bathroom, came back, and the we continued to have a lovely date. I don't remember those times. So sometimes even with gang stalking, you, you see a pattern, and if something doesn't fit the pattern, you forget about it. People who are being gang stalked, 
They walk down the street, they see two black Honda Civics drive by in five minutes, and they go, oh, today the gang that's stalking me is driving the black Honda Civics, and that's why I saw that. When none of us would even recognize that, right? If you, You'd have to see like six of them in a row to go, oh, <laughs> now I'm being gang stalked and being gang stalked by the Honda Boys, the most vicious gang in my area. But we've covered a lot of gang stalking stuff. We've done some great episodes. I'll put them in the show notes. This this is an interesting one because this is lost media and gang stalking smashed into one. You can accuse people who think they're being gang stalked, targeted individuals. You can accuse targeted individuals of a lot of things, but you can't accuse them of being lazy. Like, they put out so much content. They're shooting videos all the time. They're constantly writing things down, like, long posts online. They're constantly producing content because they're trying to convince people, and, and in a way, maybe even themselves, that they are being gang-stalked. So, all of their faults, all of their faults, one of them is not laziness or lack of imagination in a long time or definitely imagination is <laughs> part of it they're imagining being stalked by everyone on the planet one a long time ago i found this and i thought about doing a story on it at the time and i didn't and and it's one of those things that i kind of regret because i didn't do that we have a case of lost media some of this is still around but the series is very short so i wanted to share it with you guys and i'm hoping that Maybe we can start a preservation project on this because I. this is one of those things that it's really just one in a million that it gets created. We're flying out to this unnamed American city because this is the location of a... Because this is a location where it is the location. This is so awesome. This is so awesome. It is a gang-stalking comic strip. It's the story of a man named Targ. It's not Viking. It's not a prequel to the Northman. It is called Targ the Target. And it's a comic strip. It's like it's set up like a Sunday morning comic strip. But instead of the story of like a talking cat or the story of a young boy and his stuffed tiger, it's a story of a man who's a targeted individual. Now, obviously, it's a podcast, and I'm going to be talking about a comic strip. There's some stuff that's going to be lost in translation. But trust me, I think you'll get the gist of it. Plus, go to the show notes, and please help me save this comic strip if you have your own. You're currently a webcomic artist. Maybe you can do a spinoff. Maybe you can do a crossover. Who knows? Target the target. So the very first comic strip very first comic strip he tells us about this ah uh, oh, my name's targ my name's <laughs> my parents should have named me peaceful or something instead they named me targ i'm targ the target i'm being gang stalked and here's proof every night someone bounces a tennis ball against my house sometimes when i'm walking down the street there's pennies and cigarette butts laying around one time I went to work and my, this is actually pretty hilarious. One time I went to work and someone took apart my work chair. And the last panel, so all this stuff, right? Maybe he lives next to a tennis court or maybe there's a gang stalker throwing a tennis ball against his wall. Maybe he lives in any major EO city or where there's pennies and cigarette butts everywhere. Or there's a gang stalker who likes to smoke cigarettes and I don't know, throw pennies at ants. Maybe maybe he works with me and I took his took his work chair apart. 
But all this stuff he's talking, and he says, like, he comes home, food's missing. And then all this stuff's going on in the last panel. He goes, this is the last panel. And this shows the, the mind of the gang stalker, right? Like, he's finding patterns everywhere. And then the last panel, he goes, even my neighbors suddenly act as if I'm some kind of sex criminal. Now, if you're waiting for a punchline, I should tell you right now, these comic strips aren't funny. It's in a comic strip. Well, well, I am laughing at them, but they're in a comic strip forum. And I go, wait a second. So cigarette butts and the food's missing. And so that, again, that means I'm your roommate. And they act like you're a sex criminal. What? That's kind of a downer. <laughs> Don't hit your comic strip like that, too. Family Circus is like, Daddy, why do you have to talk to all your neighbors whenever we move? And the dad's like, oh. I wouldn't include sex criminal stuff into your comic strip. I am not a comic artist myself, but that's how it ends. Again, not a joke. It's not funny. I mean, I'm laughing at it because this is insane. But then... The second comic starts up, the second comic strip starts up, and uh, someone spits while he's walking past Targ the Target. And he takes that as the fact that this guy is gang-stalking him, right? This is one of these signals. If you spit near me, it must be you're like you're trying to harass me. That's the whole thing. They just want to harass you. Leaving pennies. Well, I don't know why leaving pennies and cigarette butts would be harassing. I'd have a bunch of money each day. And on all the free nicotine. Guy spits near him, and that... He realizes he's being gangstalked today. And then the third panel, first panel is a guy spitting. Second panel is Targ going spit, like questioning it. And then the, th <laughs> the third panel says, quote, what is going on? I had some, I mean, come on, dude, there must be something else going on with you. The third panel goes, what is going on? I had someone call me pedophile the other day. What? He never brings that back up. He never really addresses it. I don't know if this guy actually is a sex criminal. I don't know. He's like, man, it does sure suck that people are giving me weird looks since I put my flyer up everywhere because I'm not allowed within 50 feet of a school. Why is everyone treating me like some sort of weirdo and spitting at me? He keeps bringing this up that people act like he's a pedophile, that he's a sex criminal, but he never addresses why those allegations would be there. And what's interesting is the comic strip is written by someone called Eleanor. But Targ is a dude, and you could go, well, that's fine, Jason. You know, there are dudes who write Wonder Woman comic books. You don't necessarily have to be the same sex as the person in the comic strip. But this Eleanor breaks the fourth wall at one point and begins taking photos of their house. Now Targ is narrating their life. It gets so weird. And all we have, this series used to be super long. There used to be a time, because I remember reading this probably about a year ago, and I was laughing. <laughs> I was having a good laugh, and I thought, but how, it's hard to talk about a comic strip on a podcast. It's really hard, because you kind of have to see you kind of have to see it, and I hopefully I'm, I'm making it slightly entertaining and easy to follow, but he had a ton of these. And he even had a spinoff series called Peter the Perp, where we got to see the other side of the gang. It wasn't as funny. It wasn't as funny. I was like, boring. But what's happened, I went to, I was going through my bookmarks. I was looking at something else. I was looking for something else. And I go, oh, Targ the Target, dude. I'm going to see, like, where this guy's at. Is this guy currently still putting out comic books? Gone. It's gone. There are 18 strips on a Reddit page. And I've archived the, the Reddit page. But even then, it, it no longer posts them. You have to, like, click on each one. 
And then, so I don't know if I have to archive all those because that this guy already thinks he's being gang stalked. Google, don't feed into that. I don't, I, it's possible that he published something super egregious towards the end and it got scrubbed, but it's gone. Like these 18 comic strips are all that we have of this long saga of target the target but at one point he starts taking photographs eleanor starts taking photographs of their house but it's also targ's house and it's like photographs of a chair someone broke into his house apparently and sawed his folding chair in half and 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 uh, took the teeth out of his zipper. He bought a new jacket, and then someone broke into his house and pulled two teeth out of his zipper. So his, I mean, this this is all still really hilarious stuff, right? But so he couldn't zip up his jacket anymore, and it's so weird. And it's so like we talk a lot about like the gang stalking mindset on this show. We have a lot of writings about it, and we have videos about it people shooting videos of them walking down the street being like why are you gang stalking me why are you gang stalking me but a comic strip like i think this is new this ongoing saga of targ this comic strip detailing all this stuff because we really got to see the day-to-day -day life the videos are just i feel bad for the mailman some guy jumping out of the bushes and being like why are you following me why are you <laughs> why do you come to my house every day and put stuff in a box this was really like a day-to-day -day, and they were showing photographs of he had a container of creamer and he would put marks on it to show how much they were using each day. And he showed his heating pad. He's like, someone made my heating pad all furry. It's hot when I touch it. It gets hot. I'm like, ouch, ouch. What did you do to my heating pad? It's so weird. Someone messed up his Velcro shoes. And there's photographs of this. And then he just, then he has a panel. He has a comic strip where he, he goes to his boss and he's like, hey, boss, I'm so sorry. I was late for work. A bunch of cars boxed me in and they made me go really slow all the way to work. And then someone like, at some point when my car is parked, someone drilled a hole in like my radiator. I'm sorry I'm late. And the boss is like, if you're late one more time, you're going to get fired. You, you're crazy. I don't believe any of that. And that probably happened. Not that he was actually gang stalked. Not that, that that stuff happened. But I'm sure he was going to his boss and being like, hey, I'm sorry I'm late. I was gang stalked on the way to work. They made me be slow. And how would you deal with that? Like, I guess I never really thought about it. Like, on the outside. Because we get to see Targ dealing with other people. It showed, like, that's a real thing. Your boss would have to deal with that, being like, what in the world is going on? He's telling me that there's a gang of unidentified people who not only came to work and disassembled his chair when that was clearly Jason. Clearly Jason did that. Not only did they disassemble his work chair, they follow him to and from work and make him drive super slowly, when in the real world, we just call that traffic. Really, really interesting story. At one point, his cat gets its throat slit. I know it's a super weird escalation. The cat gets its throat slit and the cops blame him. And say, listen, you've been calling us. You've been making all these complaints for a long time. We're a little concerned for your mental health. And that becomes a reoccurring thing. He keeps bringing up the cat. So did he kill his own cat? Did someone else kill the cat? weird it really really is weird and it's disappearing and i wish that if someone else i'm also putting if someone else can recover the other couple dozen i think there was like 30 of these comics originally i have in the show notes you're going to be able to read the first 18 strips of targ the target 
And then um, there's a couple panels, a couple strips also of Peter the Perp, the, sp <laughs> the spinoff series. But this is lost media that's going to disappear. And it's one of those things that's lost media that nobody would have even known was lost. I stumbled across it a year ago. I had a good laugh. I said it's really hard to talk about pictures on a podcast and let it go. But now that this thing may be disappearing, it, it is our duty as, as listeners of a paranormal podcast to try to save this and try to recover some of it because it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So that is the saga of Targ the Target. Is this the end? Will it just fade away? I don't know what happened to the dude. It doesn't look like he's posting anything else. Eleanor, whatever name, whoever is doing it, Targ the Target's creator isn't putting out anything else. That I can find. So, interesting. Lost media right before our eyes. The ramblings of a madman put into comic strip form. And telling a story that's just completely unbelievable. But to the person in the story and the person writing the story, it's true life. Absolutely fascinating. Sean, let's go ahead and toss you the keys of the carpenter copter. We're leaving behind we're leaving behind the city as I'm throwing pennies out on the street. I'm like, ha ha ha! I will be part of your madness. We're leaving behind the city. We are headed all the way out to Guiana. This story was posted online by a user known as GTR Nick. So we're just going to call this dude Nick. In Guiana, there is an unnamed village that Nick lives at, and this village is near the outskirts of Georgetown, so it doesn't have the same amount of safety that a major city would have for the residents. And because they're this farther off town, every so often, organized criminals will come through the village and basically shake down the people there. Raiders. I mean, if any other period of time you would imagine like Mongol warriors on horseback or Vikings coming into France and just taking what they wanted and leaving. But nowadays it's organized gangs with guns and cars. Not an easy life for Nick. And to make it even worse, he had chronic asthma. So he had a hard time. <laughs> this, is, this is super stressful, right? It's super stressful, and you're like, <gasps> you're trying not to get too freaked out because then your asthma is going to kick up. But constantly, dudes are running around with guns, taking taking your newest toy. They're like, all right. So he had chronic asthma as a kid. He could run, but he couldn't never really run at full speed, and he couldn't run for that long. So it made it a little bit harder probably to play soccer and to have a lot of fun with the other kids. But what are you going to do? <laughs> you do have bigger problems every so often armed raiders come into your town. If you're not picked first for a soccer game, I think you'll be okay. But Nick, he was dealing with this chronic asthma as a kid. And at this point, when this story takes place, he's 12 years old. Now, what would happen, and this this makes sense, right? After the umpteenth time some raiders came into town, it's not like it was even the same group of raiders. You could get a bunch of people come into town and be like, give us all your money, and they leave, and then two days later, a different gang shows up and being like, hey, guys, guess what we're here for? All your money. And they're like, we already gave your date. You're a couple days late, buddy. We already gave all our money to someone else. The leaders of this particular village were like, we're not doing this anymore. We're not doing this anymore. We're done. So they started to put up a fight. Now, when the raiders would show up and they weren't easily getting what they wanted, a lot of times, th th sometimes that's all it takes, right? 
is for someone to be like, no. And then they leave. Like, I don't recommend that. <laughs> if you're getting mugged, just give them your watch and your wallet. But sometimes that's all it takes. But this time, and this story, and we don't have a time period for this story, but I'm just going to place it probably somewhere around the early 2000s, 90s, probably somewhere in there. Uh, on this particular time, the raiders show up to the town. The village leaders go out and they say, we are not going to give you anything. You got to leave. And the raiders go, "That we're not going to accept that. You got to give us something. You got to give a, I don't know, what about, what about that goat over there? It looks a little sick. You don't need it. No, we're not giving you anything. The village leaders said, we've had it up to here with you guys coming into town and trying to take our stuff. And silence fills the village for a moment. Lil Nick is in his house, looking through the window. He's there with the rest of his family. The village leaders are out there. The gang members are out there. There's an eerie silence. And soon, the silence was replaced with wave after wave of automatic gunfire. People just start running out of their houses. They know at this point the gang is most likely, most likely going to win. And they're just going to go house to house and start taking stuff. And if you're in the house, who knows what's going to happen to you. Nick and his family run out of their house and they're running down the street. And everyone's running out of their houses trying to get away from what's going on. And there's gunfire echoing everywhere. And there's so much chaos in the street and everyone's just kind of running in different directions, kind of pushing stuff around. Nick realizes very quickly he is no longer running with his family. He's running with some people that he doesn't know. And then he's running with some people he does know in this group. And some of them, he's like, hey, I don't know you. Hey, nice to meet you. My name's Nick. Ah. But he does realize that he happens to be in the group of people, out of all the groups of people that are running through the village now, he's running with the village leader who started this whole thing by not giving them anything. He's literally running with the one guy they want to kill more than anyone. <laughs> Nick's running with this group of adults, and he says one by one, he's watching bodies drop on each side of him. Because the leaders with them, this is the group that the gang is targeting the most. And Lil Nick, 12 years old, can you imagine this running, watching adults get blown away right next to him? He's never run this fast in his life. He's never run this far in his life. He physically can't. But he's doing it. Because he's going to die otherwise. He has to run. And all of a sudden, the sun in the sky begins to glow so bright. Nick's never seen anything that blinding. And this white light begins to encompass his entire vision. Until he can see nothing but the light. And he thinks in his head, my body's shutting down. Like, I, 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 I've run so far, I'm not able to get enough breath. My brain's shutting down, my body's shutting down. This is the end. And he's seeing this great white light because his body just can't handle all of the pressure he's putting on it. But then the bright light focuses to a single point 
And once again, Nick can now see the village clearly, and he's running like he was running before, but when he turns to his side, he sees a stranger running next to him. He says the guy was wearing this kind of weird outfit. It was nothing that he recognized that any of the other people in the village would wear. This guy's running next to him, and he goes, he was keeping pace with me, but I knew he was running faster than me. Like, we're side to side, but he is running so fast. I look down, and his legs are moving so quickly, they're leaving a blur. He goes, I can see an after image of his legs as he's running. I'm keeping up with him. And the man, it's an adult, looks down at him and smiles and says, quote, Just keep running. We're almost there. And you're doing great. Nick said the man was so confident. He just exuded this confidence. It comforted Nick. He felt safe. He felt protected. He himself, little Nick, felt powerful in this moment. A gunshot rings out right behind Nick too close. It's too close. And the stranger just gently pushed Nick's arm. Just gave him a little shove. The world goes black. Nick wakes up in a hospital in Georgetown. He's being attended to. And everyone's asking, dude, how did you get here? How did you run all the way from that village to Georgetown? He doesn't have an answer. He didn't know he didn't know he was in Georgetown. I was running, this guy showed up and we were running together and then I blacked out. I don't I don't know what happened after that. Years later, Nick and his family move to the United States, the land of opportunity. They can leave behind the chaos of this village. Him and his family come to the United States. He said, I'm in high school. I'm reading this book about Greek mythology. I'm reading this book. I love it. I love all this stuff about all of these gods that I've never heard of and these stories. And I remember I'm reading this book and I turn the page and there on this page was a drawing. A drawing of the man who ran next to me that day. He said the man running next to him was wearing a golden half-helmet with metal boots that reached to his knees. And he was wearing a white and gold leather vest that even in the daytime shone brightly. Looking at that page and continuing to do more research, he came to the conclusion he was saved by the Greek god Hermes. Fascinating story. I love this story. I love this story. I'm sorry this guy got shot out and a bunch of people got killed in his village, but it's such a fascinating story of a Greek god coming to Earth to save this kid. And... It's one of those things that this might be the outlier. When we're looking at the world of paranormal, this might be the outlier. This may be the only story we can really find where a version of a Greek god comes to Earth and saves someone. But one thing I've learned on this show, 
Sometimes it's not the outlier. It's the only story we've found. A long time ago, I did an episode about someone waking up in a pitch black room. They were just locked into this black bedroom void. And I thought it was an outlier. It was a one-off story. And then I started finding more and more and more. And now it's one of the official mysteries of Dead Rabbit Radio. It's something that I'm really interested in. And I cover it every time I find it because it turned out not to be an outlier. It turned out to be, it was so weird, it was hard to find stories about it. It was so weird, people didn't even want to talk about it. So could the same thing be happening here? Could people be in dire circumstances and they're being saved by old gods? And actually, I just thought of this. What would be even more interesting is he didn't know that's what this was at the time. If someone was a devout Catholic, and they believed in God and the Virgin Mary and Jesus. And they're in a horrible car accident. And in their time of need, Zeus showed up to help them. Would you repeat that story? The car goes off the road. Crashes into a ravine. Everyone's unconscious. There's blood everywhere. I don't know if it's mine or my loved ones. I'm hanging upside down in this car. And then Zeus showed up and ripped open the car door and charged my phone. My phone was dead. He charged it with a little lightning bolt and then said, everything's going to be okay, ma'am. Everything's going to be okay. And the next thing I know, I'm in the hospital. Apparently, I called 911. We were all airlifted out of there. Would they tell that story? Because I think... If you accept the existence of the old gods, you accept, accept the existence of all gods. And if there's all gods, then where does God fit into that? It's fascinating. It actually might, this might be a one-off story. It could be a fake, it, but it could be a story that it's one of those things people don't talk about it because it actually makes you question the religion that you were raised in or the religion that you converted to because it was the one that spoke most to you. This might be a more common, not saying super common, right? But saying this might happen more often. People don't feel comfortable talking about it because it could make them feel like their religious faith, their belief is a little less true. Whether or not this is a worldwide phenomenon, whether or not this happens all the time and people just aren't talking about it, none of that matters to Nick. All Nick is concerned about, all Nick cares about is that day that whether or not anyone else believes him, Hermes, the Greek god, came down from the heavens to save his life. He can't make sense of it. He doesn't know why it happened. But he does know the only reason he's alive today is because a man who the modern world says never existed did in fact exist. And they ran together until Nick lived to tell the tale. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.